This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with a hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello. Happy New Year. Hello. Hello. We haven't spoken since before both holidays. Uh, Hopefully you're rested and ready to go. Um, fairly so. Well, why would you assume that I'm rested though? The holidays are not, they're not, they're not restful. They're not for anybody else, but maybe they were for you. I don't want to speak for you. No, I'm, but I'm, um, I'm in the usual, usual condition, neither rested nor (laughs) entirely fatigued. No bags under his eyes, but not completely rested as you'd like. So while we're off, we got a voicemail. I'm going to play the voicemail and it's going to lead us into our first topic. So here we go. Chad and Tony, uh, quick question. Given the uh, vote in the House this week on the Trump impeachment um, being along party lines other than two or three Democrats that voted to impeach, my question for you as uh, students of history is when Bill Clinton was impeached, how many Democrats voted to impeach Bill Clinton? If you can answer the question accurately, Chad and Tony, I will buy you a pizza. <laughs> this is from one of your favorite listeners. Hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So we got that. So we have to we have to guess the exact number. Well, yes. Well, and yes, I, so I don't know the answer. No, we're not going to. I won't look it up. Um, but I, I don't know the answer. Okay, I'm going to guess 12. Uh, I believe it was Less than that, say six. I don't know the answer. And I, all right, I, well, now look it up. Okay, let's look we'll it up. see how close we were. I, I think we're we're probably way off, uh, if I were to guess. So how many? We have a dramatic pause. Yes, <laughs> Chad, Chad looks. I'm this efforting. Uh, five Democrats. Wow. So you were within one. Virgil Good, Ralph Hall, Paul McHale, Charles Stenholm, and Gene Taylor. For some reason, I thought there was double digits, but I guess only they those five voted in favor. of Three of the four articles of impeachment only Taylor voted for the abuse of power charge. So he vo- he was the only one. Well, maybe for maybe since one. you got within one, you will get a slice. Of five pizza. plus one is six, right? Yes. <laughs> You'll have to uh, see how so, uh, willing he is. I, I assumed it was low, but I I didn't know I, how many it was. For some reason, I thought it was more than than ten, but obviously that's nope. not correct. Apparently not. So you were you were within one. That's pretty impressive. It's, it's impre- more impressive than I thought I would get. So we're going to talk about that in a bit. But um, Christianity Today came out with their their view of the impeachment here. Now we haven't talked about the impeachment other than we expected the articles last time we recorded. Wait, who came out with this? Christianity Today came out with their opinion. About oh, that's right, right, right. So we hadn't we didn't know if the two articles of impeachment would go through. Both articles apply to the Ukraine situation. Yet we talked last time about they were been investigating for two and a half years to come up with something that happened in July of 2019. So Christianity Today comes out with their how do I how do I put this? Their opus on impeachment. Right. Editorial opus. Is it, this is Mark Golly? Yes, Mark Golly. And and our buddy Dr. Fia predictably is all in favor because it says what he wants it to say. Uh I wanted to be reasoned about this. I wanted you and I to discuss it from a reasons perspective 
legitimately or illegitimately what they said and what they got right and what they got wrong, at least in our opinion. So I have it in front you have, of me. You have handouts. Well, I have it in front of me. Okay, good. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't have the... I, I, re, I read it, but I don't now remember specifically and like, that's, exact words. And that's fine. Um, Christianity Today says they want to be a place that welcomes Christians from across the political spectrum and reminds everyone that politics is not the end and purpose of our being. Agreed. Agreed. We take pride in that fact, for instance, that politics does not dominate our homepage. Okay. My question would be, why is it now? But they say, uh, we do feel it necessary from time to time to make our own opinions on political matters clear. As always, Billy Graham encouraged us, doing so with both conviction and love. We love and pray for our president as we love and pray for our leaders, as well as ordinary citizens on both sides of the political aisle. Now, into the meat of the matter. The facts in this instance are unambiguous. Okay, and I want to really pay attention to how right. they frame these facts. Okay. The President of the United States attempted to use his political power to coerce a foreign leader to harass and discredit one of the pre President's political opponents. This is not only a violation of the Constitution, more importantly, it is, a pro it is profoundly immoral. Okay, let's stop right there. Okay. Because there are multiple statements in there that I would like to know, and what I would expect as a lawyer is, okay, so I heard, use his power, mm -hmm. coerce, harass a political opponent. Now, what I would expect is immediately after that statement are citations to the transcript. We'll call it a transcript. It's essentially the closest thing to a transcript because that call has been released mm -hmm. of exactly where that occurred. Tell me, Chad, is there a reference to any any portion of those notes about the call following that statement? Shockingly, it's an editorial and no. No. Well, see, <laughs> see, so I'm already now disagreeing. So this is begging the question because a lot of what's going on here in terms of framing this phone call is sort of this wish casting by people who don't like Trump about what was actually said. We go back to Adam Schiff, who spent 10 minutes making up the entire conversation. What I would I would ask Mr. Golly is, point to me where in that transcript, in those notes of that conversation, there was coercion. What are you citing to? You what, what are you referencing that constitutes coercion? They can't. No. Now, what they may say is, oh, don't be ridiculous, Tony. You know what was going on there. Well, again, I'm not a mind reader, and let's let's assume for the sake of argument that Donald Trump was hoping for a quote favor from the from Ukraine, right, to help him out. But here's the thing, and I'm pretty sure they probably say this. You know, they always have these somber tones. We we take no joy in taking this position. Impeachment is an incredibly significant, momentous decision. Okay, so if it is, since let's see if we agree about this. The framers understood this as being sort of the neutron bomb of what would be required to remove a president, meaning this isn't just for garden variety political stuff. This is the last resort for a president that is essentially, again, committed high crimes and misdemeanors, whatever that term yeah, We leave out treason means. in that, but this was not treason, so that's so not part of So I would discussion. expect that anyone who is penning an editorial making factual assertions that the president tried to coerce a foreign leader. By the way, has the foreign leader said that President Trump attempted to coerce him? To the best of my ability, I don't think they've even asked him. Well, no, he said the opposite. He said he wasn't, but... 
Yeah, I, oh, he, but again, he didn't testify. Now, and you could say, oh, well, of course, that's what he's going to say as well. But again, this all matters. What well, should? What is the record that you're pointing to? Where is the evidence in that phone call other than you doing some mind reading and insinuation that that happened? Second point, <laughs> um, he he wanted them to harass mm-hmm. his political opponent. Well, Harass and discredit. But was he actually asking him to harass Joe Biden? No. What was he asking them to do? He has to investigate Hunter Biden. Right. So it's not even Joe's his son. Right. So I think that matters as well. In this, if we're going to be accurate about this, at best, what you could say is Donald Trump raised the issue with the president of the Ukraine that he wanted somebody to look into the corruption that was going on with Burisma, and the person that might have been implicated there is the son of a now presidential candidate, Hunter Biden, son of Joe Biden. I think if you take out Joe Biden as presidential candidate and the same situation occurs, what's the rationale? He's investigating corruption by an American citizen, which he has to enlist the help of a foreign power because it happened in a foreign country, just like it's happened in the past. Jefferson could have interdicted with Burr against England. That was another chance where Burr tried to commit treason. LBJ could have done the same thing against Nixon in 1968. This has happened. If it, is it only because Biden, Joe Biden, is a presidential candidate that this matters? Or is it because aid may or may not have been withheld because a corrupt American citizen was operating in the Ukraine? Because I think if you take out Biden being a presidential candidate, it's the United States commander-in-chief who, I might add, cannot recuse himself from being commander-in-chief. He can't step aside and say, well, I can't, I can't push this because I, ha- I might have a conflict of interest. I'm the commander-in-chief always. There's never not a time when I'm the commander-in-chief as long as I'm president. So he says, hey, I'd like you to investigate this. There might have been corruption there. Does it benefit him politically? Absolutely. Possibly. Uh, absolutely. It, it may or may not. So let's, let's, let's say that it does. Again, so we're talking about the, the highest, what should be the highest threshold that for removal of a president in terms of the evidence that that would require, right? Sure. Compelling. You would have to get intent in what in his actions. And if you can't even prove his actions by anything we've seen, but you're trying to get his intent for okay. possibly so, let, so let's leave it at this. And I, I've said from the beginning, when we've talked about this, I do not object. This is ultimately a political remedy. The Democratic yes. Party has decided to pursue it. I do not believe... That they're, so I have no, I'm not somebody that says this is improper. Okay. Mm-hmm. They can do whatever they want. Sure. Okay. They, they control the house. Yep. They can, they can have a vote, which they did. And they can vote on articles of impeachment. That's fine. There's political consequences to that, which I think we're seeing playing out. Sure. My point is that statement as the lead off to what actually happened is not factually accurate. Again, this it is, is not a tutorial, it is a, so you- but it doesn't matter to well, me. When you say it's an editorial, I say it only thing. only clarify this is not a legal document. This is an no, editorial but, written by okay, someone's Okay, but opinion. here's the thing. If you're going to write an editorial, particularly saying I agree. it's not even factual, you're permitted to have an opinion, sure. but the predicate facts for that opinion need to be correct. They they throw this out as un What's the quote? This is unambiguous. Instances unambiguous. I'm sorry. Yes. Um I'm not sure you keep using that word. I'm not sure it means what you think it means because <laughs> I think it's highly ambiguous I agree. based on how you frame this. So you're off to a bad start. Continue. All right, no. I want to I want to pull in two different articles here. So, um Wayne Grudman? No, Grudem. Grudem, sorry. He puts out his opinion on Correct. this. Correct. Now, Wayne Grudem, for those that don't know, is a, a pretty 
famous guy sort of like within evangelical circles. Um, he's written uh, a lot and he's written a treatise on, um, you know, essentially biblical interpretation. He's a very, very famous guy within certain circles. He's certainly not in the wider world. Right. Um, but so Grudem basically came, wrote what, a, a response to the Christianity basically, Day and basically. said, listen, I don't, I don't agree with this. First one, did Trump violate the Constitution? Now, we can debate your opinion of high crimes and misdemeanors to ad nauseum, and everybody has a different definition of what it is. And I think it was, it was ambiguous by design. But our, our, our lightweight uh, historical fact finder, Dr. Fia, says, and I quote, uh, let me see here. He says, it's the duty of Congress to investigate the president. Okay. Now, I would challenge that it's the duty of Congress. We have checks and balances, but I don't believe that Congress is, is duty-bound to investigate the president ad nauseum, which, if I'm looking back in history, from January of 2017, he's been investigated by the FBI, by the Intelligence Committee, by the Congress for two and a half, three years now, over three years. So I don't think it's the duty, but I'll, I'll, I'll stipulate that it's in the Constitution. You have the ability to. You have the obligation if you find wrongdoing. But you don't have the, you don't have the result to always investigate. That, that's the part I'm, I'm struggling with. He says, um, was the Trump's phone call profoundly immoral, as Christianity Today alleges? Profoundly. They said profoundly immoral. We just talked about it. Anything in that conversation that sounds profoundly immoral to you? I, I just, you know, again. It's a it, stretch. For me, it really is. I don't. If you want to say it's a bad look because Donald Trump is a tr is trying to use his power as president to leverage some advantage. Okay, I, I guess I, I guess I'm following that. Here's the, here's the struggle I have with all of this hyperbolic rhetoric about this, mm -hmm. and this we get back into what Dr. Fia likes to call what aboutism, right? But in, but he, in other he words, practices it just but, as much but, as he But here's the point finger. is that the, all of the people that are now in high dudgeon, out moral outrage, indignation, rending garments about this so-called profoundly immoral phone call. Okay. I, I again I have to point this out because it's not about what someone else did. It's about the reaction of these very same people who are now pounding the table defenders of the constitutional order here's here's my example <laughs> two, the two charges the two articles that they voted on for impeachment were abuse of power and then obstruction of justice we'll get to that later because that's even more ridiculous but let's focus on abuse of power when barack obama made i don't i don't know the exact number but literally 15 or so separate statements that he did not have the power as the chief executive and president to rewrite the nation's immigration laws <laughs> and then went ahead. Remember his rationale? Oh, we'll I, want, I want the dreamers, right? I want DACA. Congress won't ask. And so then, then suddenly, after admitting, oh, by the way, as a, as a constitutional scholar, <laughs> still that, that he couldn't do this repeatedly, repeatedly made statements. We can look them up, Google them. Mm -hmm. I do not have the power. I'm not a king. I'm not above the law. He said this over and over. And then when Congress wouldn't do his bidding, he decided, well, when Congress won't act, I have to. Now, here's my question, Chad. If we're using this amorphous standard of abuse of power, what could be a more clear-cut 
abuse than when the president himself has repeatedly admitted, I lack the lawful authority to take the action that I am now going to take. And did we hear a peep of protest from Christianity Today or Dr. Fia or any of the usual suspects that are now losing their mind about this phone call? No. So not. <laughs> it's not what aboutism. Okay, I'm not saying, well, since Barack Obama did it, it's okay. Because actually, I think what Barack Obama did, if you're going to evaluate abuses of power, is far worse than this phone call. Mm-hmm. My point is, why should we take seriously any of the lamentations of the people that are now saying that this is profoundly immoral when they didn't give a rip? when their guy was engaged in exactly the same, and in fact, in my view, far worse abuses. Why should we listen to any of these people? I think the difference is, and if they're honest with themselves, and they hardly ever are, they liked when that was an abuse. They liked the actions from that abuse. So therefore, it's okay because I liked the outcome. The Constitution limits us from doing what I want to do, so it's okay. It was a noble abuse of power. Noble abuses are fine. It was for the best. If I don't like... if you Here's the thing, and later on we'll get to this. If you follow the law, that's an abuse of power. That's immoral. Because the law is wrong. You should change the law. Now, understanding, the president cannot change any law. We just established that. Obama thought he could by his telephone and pen. You cannot change the law. If you want to change the law, look to the buffoons in Congress. They're the ones who change the law, and then the president signs or vetoes. The president doesn't make the law. So when you say he did something immoral, and and we'll get to that a little bit later about separating children from their parents, (laughs) I laugh in your face, you hypocrite. Everyone who says he separated children from their parents, that's the law. If you don't like the law, change the law. Otherwise, shut up. Well, that's and yet that's another example where the separation... And look, no one here, no one here I absolutely do not advocate and, in fact, think it is immoral. If right. you're going to intentionally... For political purposes, separate children from their parents. By the way, we we should also address the fact that all these assumptions that most of these people are parents, not exactly clear. (laughs) Yeah, prove Uh, it. Well, okay, so that's an interesting side issue. Parents of the children you're actually with. It's an interesting side issue at the border in terms of immigration that many of these people that claim to be, I'm sure there are some, there are many. I won't say there's none. But (laughs) the idea that this is like some intact family unit all the time rather than drug runners, and whoever else, because we know this is going on. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is documented, but let's set that aside. Mm -hmm. This was going on under the same law. Wait a minute, but it was okay. Well, this is again. So you're, oh, what aboutism? No, no. Again, not saying that it makes it okay. What I'm saying is no credibility Mm -hmm. from any of the mouthpieces that are saying this stuff, because if you didn't care then... Remember the um, the viral photo of the children in cages, right? Yes, that yes. was making the rounds of the AP and the uh-huh. New York Times and how horrific this was. When was that photo taken? Under Obama's administration. That was taken in 2014 when President Obama, mm-hmm. the, the light worker, mm-hmm. was in power. But we liked his policy, so, so it was okay. Because we really don't care about the children. The it's moral outrage media. didn't exist. And so, again, my response is because at the end of the day, 
we need to evaluate the credibility of the statement that all of these things are profoundly immoral. If you didn't think they were profoundly immoral before, why should I believe you and why should I agree with you that they're profoundly moral immoral now simply because the guy that occupies the Oval Office is someone that you have absolute disdain for? Yeah, I, I agree. Separating children at the border, if in fact those are your children and you can prove that, that's fine then I think the law needs to be changed that we keep the children with the parents because I, I think releasing them into the country for further recall and is remember, a joke. We've talked about this, and we're not going to spend time explaining it again. No. But one of the reasons that that happens is because when people are seeking asylum, there is an existing law that requires, and that process takes much longer because people get lawyers and there has to be evaluations, and there is a law that's based on a, an agreement. It's a consent agreement because of a case, and essentially what it says is the kids can't stay with the parents beyond a certain period of time because they're in a different essentially a different category, they have to be separated. Who could have fixed this, Chad? Congress. Exactly. Still can. So Still have that option. We agree, I think, that just willy-nilly, gratuitously separating kids from parents because you want to be cruel and, and mean and wicked, huh. of course that shouldn't go on. But it went on before... And no one cared. Mm -hmm. And it went on during the Trump administration because the same law is in existence and it became an awful travesty. Again, I just I just don't really care what those people now have to say who were deafeningly silent for the eight years that that was going on during the administration that they were ideologically aligned with. Yeah, I don't have to go down to the border to know it's immoral. Congressional people don't have to go down to the border to know it's immoral. Change the law or shut up. Yeah. You don't have any other, there's no other options. All you, right, so I want you to keep reading because okay. I know there's a lot of stuff in here that addresses specifically evangelicals and well, how they should be thinking about this. CT says he has hired and fired a number of people who are now convicted criminals. Go through the does, list. Go through the list. Uh, which one? Well, of the, I want because oh. doesn't it list the convicted criminals? It does not list them all here, but, but Dr. Fia is nice enough to uh, give us... I got to be, okay, obviously, General Flynn, correct? Flynn, uh, Manafort. P Papadopoulos. Pop well, Papadopoulos wasn't convicted of anything, was he? Um, I think, though, Dr. Fia lists them along with Carter Page, incredibly. Who was not convicted of anything. Well, not even charged with yeah, anything. Exactly. So I just want to point out, nobody disputes the fact, at least nobody that is paying attention, that Donald Trump had a <laughs> bunch of guys surrounding him, including a guy like Manafort, Slime bag, okay. Who who was engaged in probably so he missed Cohen, Manafort, Papadopoulos, Pinedo, Stone, Gates, and Flynn come okay. to mind. Right. So they come to mind, and yeah, was there a bunch of guys that were circling this administration? Slimy characters, absolutely. Now we also should probably point out, however, that for instance, even Manafort, who's probably <laughs> the slimiest of the crew. Mm -hmm. What he was charged with and eventually indicted by Mueller's team was for activity that took place, what was it, eight years before when he was, yeah, he's, he's scamming money, he's, high, he's, he's an unregistered foreign agent, he's lining his pockets, not good, throw the book at Paul Manafort. Sure. I don't care. And they will. But if you're going to list somebody, for instance, Flynn is a you're going to list General one. Flynn? That's a joke. Well, I'm okay, sorry. so what... Again, this is this whole idea of smear everybody, lump them together, all oh, they're a bunch of criminals. General Flynn, we've talked about this multiple times, mm -hmm. he admitted 
after spending a million dollars and having his his life basically turned upside down and Mueller's team threatening his son, he admits to a process crime that says, yep, I wasn't candid with the FBI when they um, ambushed me, interviewed me, eventually changed the original 302, which has been admitted. That whole thing stinks to high heaven. If you're somebody that wants to say General Flynn, who, by the way, previous to that, served his country with valor and honor for his entire career, anyone who knows anything about what went down with Flynn, and you're going to say, oh, well, he admitted it. Yeah, you know what? You step into those shoes for a year with that kind of pressure essentially bankrupting you, and your offer is you either admit to this or we continue to ruin your life and ruin the life of your son and the rest of your family. That was a travesty, that prosecution. Can I make one other point? Sure. While we're talking about General Flynn and a guy that has now been criminally prosecuted for an alleged misstatement to the FBI for which they can't even demonstrate the original agents believed he was truthful, right? Did you read the news about Andrew McCabe this week? <laughs> yes. What do, you, what do you recall of that, Chad? <laughs> didn't do it, didn't do it. Oh, wait a minute. Yep, did. Yeah, so, so Andrew McCabe, second in command to Dudley Do-Right, James Comey at the FBI, has admitted, now he was already fired, admitted that he lied to the FBI. Rem- remind me, what was, what was Flynn prosecuted for? Lying to the FBI. Lying to the FBI, although not about, oh, there was a misstatement in my 302. No, lying to his own agents about who leaked information to the press. It was him. About Hillary Clinton, <laughs> the investigation. He lied and lied and lied, and then they finally confronted him and said, oh, sorry, my bad. It was me. Now, here's my question, Chad. Why is it that Andrew McCabe is not listed as a criminal who is currently being prosecuted right now? Uh, probably because people like him some for some reason. I, I would assume because he's on the progressive side. Yeah, of I don't. I don't really get it. Again, see, this is this dichotomy between the level of outrage for people that are in the orbit of Donald Trump and complete apathy about a guy who was literally the second in command of the most powerful domestic police organization in the country, who has admitted lying to his own employees during an investigation. Yawn. Who cares? Well, if we go back to that, Comey lied to his boss, the president, said you weren't under investigation. That's an outright lie. That was a complete and total lie, and so, he knew it when he said so it. So once again, <laughs> we circle back to the idea that the people that are pounding the table about this, who are cl- they are hypocrites, Complete. and I just am not going to pay attention to them. Here's what Fia says about the associates with crim- convicted criminals. And what about Trump's claim that he hires all the best people? <laughs> That's like saying you have the world's best coffee. Nobody believes you. Why are you saying it? If you're taking that, you that as what? face value, so, so you're that's a moron. Again, that's apparently one of the 15,000 oh, lies that the Washington Post did. Yes. You said you hire all the best people. Yes. They're, you know oh, okay. This, sure. That actually reminds me of, um, oh. have you ever heard of uh, Letters from a Nut? I have not. Okay, this is a book like that was written. No, this is a book. That, this, is, this is interesting. This book was written probably 20 years ago. Most people think it was written by Jerry Seinfeld. But what it was is a series of, of essentially letters that this person wrote to various companies intentionally making outlandish claims. And what this reminds me of is one of the letters, I remember this, is the person, faking, wrote to Sarah Lee and said in the letter, you know, your advertisements say... Nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee. But I was at a party last night, and th- there were two people that said they hated Sarah Lee Poundcake. Th- th- that is the equivalent of the whole, he says he surrounds himself with the best people. They're not all the best people. Obviously, he's a liar. 
Look, Trump is a liar. No question. But, but pointing, picking that out to bolster your op- opinion, I'm sorry, really not the best evidence. So CT goes on. Trump's evangelical supporters have pointed to his Supreme Court nominees, his defense of religious liberty, and his stewardship of the economy, among other things, as achievements that justify their support of the president. We believe the impeachment hearings have made it absolutely clear in a way that the Mueller investigation did not that President Trump has abused his authority for personal gain and betrayed his constitutional oath. The impeachment hearings have illuminated the president's moral deficiencies for all to see. This damages the institution of the presidency, damages the reputation of our country, and damages both the spirit and the future of our people. Okay, I want to stop there for a minute, because once again, so the claim here is at least they admit that the Mueller investigation, actually the two years and whatever, 30, 40, you know, 11 billion that they spent on it, (laughs) adduced nothing. Yes. But then they say... Because they, they they make it sound like, well, these hearings, mm. right? These hearings, we've heard these people. Did any of the testimony at this Soviet show trial run by Adam Schiff actually do anything to bolster the claim that they make at the outset of this editorial, again, that it was a profoundly immoral coercion and harassment? Did any of them say anything that would have supported that narrative? Not that I'm aware of. No, not a single it witness. Like, I wasn't even there. I didn't talk to the person. I don't know what you're talking I about. I have third in information. I didn't hear the phone call. In fact, the, most of them were directly asked, are any of you here to say that what was done here was impeachable? That was my favorite because there was literally a five-second silence as they pondered that. And then we had the woman, I forget her name now, the the bureaucrat who was angry because she got fired. So again, this editorial makes it sound like, oh, well, now that we've received this additional testimony, there hasn't been any. It's still the phone call and the raw transcript that every person in America has been able to read and scrutinize on their own. Nothing additional. None. No, no. They weren't there. They weren't there. So they go on to talk about how they were consistent in 98 when Clinton was impeached. They said unsavory dealings and immoral acts by the president and those close to him have rendered this administration morally unable to lead. They feel that that phrase still applies to Trump. Oh, by the way, let's also point out. Um, he lied he, under oath. He committed a crime. He committed perjury. He perjured himself mm-hmm. under oath. So when you, I don't know why they don't say that. They don't mention that. I mean, yeah. in other words, if we're going to talk about, fine, immorality, well, there's a different level here. Bill Clinton admitted to committing a crime. He perjured himself. So I, I said that's consistent, but it's not impeachable. Not liking the president, him being immoral, doesn't mean you By get the way, to be impeached. By the way, for what it's him. worth, I was also one of the people, not a fan of Bill Clinton, no. who did not believe that he should have been impeached. No, I think he should have been prosecuted for, for perjury, but not necessarily my view Again, that's because my view of the impeachment power is that it should be used incredibly rarely, yeah. judiciously, not as a political football, mm-hmm. which is the farce the Democrats have now created. Sure. So they go on to say that he should be removed, we believe, is not a matter of partisan loyalties, but loyal to the, loyalty to the creator of the Ten Commandments. Wow. They, really, they bring in God, God to this, which is fine. But he should be removed because he's, they're basically saying he's immoral and he should be removed. Now, my question becomes, wasn't he immoral in 2015, 16, 17, 18, and the first half of 19? Right. But now he should be removed? And my other question is, so we should remove him because he's immoral. From a Christian perspective, he's immoral. No question. I don't believe. I don't think he's a truth teller most of the time. I think he makes yeah, up we've talked everything about he possibly can. He, he's bombastic and crude. 
He's probably mistreated women in the past, if not currently. Absolutely, he has. He's cheated on his wife. He's a three-time divorce or two-time divorcee. He's not a good dude in the sense we would say that. But what I would say is, and and Fia can't answer this, and Christianity can answer this. What's the better choice? Who do we vote for in 2020 if they we want to participate? They will not answer. They that always question. cop out and go, they "Well, will, you should not vote for him. Will, they should not vote for him." They will. They will only handle that question in a vacuum. They will never, and this is one of the things that Grudem says, mm-hmm. and, another, and I, there was another response to this editorial, which is, you tell us, since you're the ones that are setting up this moral framework, mm-hmm. who meets that Nobody. on the other side? Now, and if you're going to, I'm sorry, if you're going to make the argument, as apparently Dr. Fia does, and many other people do, that Hillary Clinton satisfied that, I'm going to laugh in your face. As you should. That is ridiculous. As you should. So, I want to point one other thing out. When they lead off with the litany of, you know, the reasons that the evangelicals support Trump is because of judges and because of deregulation, whatever those lists are, right? Uh, All the things that he's done for them. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a straw man in the sense that there may very well be people who say he shouldn't be impeached because he's done really good things in terms of policy. That's not the argument. Most people who held their nose that I know, Mm -hmm. who are Christians, who looked at Donald Trump, again, I didn't vote for Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. Um, I will vote for him next time. But I didn't vote for him for the very reasons that Dr. Fia and Christianity Today cite. I thought he was an immoral guy. I, I didn't like his rhetoric, and I wasn't convinced that I would like his policies, and I just couldn't bring myself to pull the lever for him based on his conduct and what he had said on the cam- campaign trail, and I certainly couldn't vote for Hillary Clinton. But that's most Christians would say that I know that did vote for Donald Trump, it's because... I compared the choice that I had, not only in terms of personal character, but in terms of the policies that a Hillary Clinton and her party were going to pursue. We can go through those, right? <laughs> Chapter and verse in terms of religious liberty, in terms of abortion, right? Mm-hmm. And in comparing those two very bad choices, because we don't have another candidate that we can slot in there. I held my nose and I voted for a guy that I have deep reservations about that I would never say as a Christian, that I would never say as a role model, but I have to decide who's going to be the president. And if you're giving me these two lousy choices, I decided that he's less lousy. I think they think you should not vote at all and let secular matters be secular matters. No, but all they don't evangelicals think that. should well, they don't think that at all. Then they then they're because, they're hypocrites because as well. Dr. Fia and those that agree with him would have had no qualms whatsoever voting for Hillary Clinton. They he probably made, did. He has made that explicitly clear, and we can never get an answer to how in the world she satisfies this moral framework. She can't. And here's another question. Christianity is ultimately about the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's about Jesus Christ and his work on earth as he became a man while as the son of god died on a cross for everyone's salvation and rose again now there is a component there that as christians because we're indwelt with the holy spirit that our lives should hopefully reflect that the fruit of the spirit right mm-hmm. but if you're just going to say that christianity basically means we look to people that are moral well that's not the gospel Mm-mm. okay so in other words severing morality from Jesus Christ, you can't do that in terms of your Christianity. It all has to go together. Mm -hmm. So when someone is telling me that, well, Christians should vote for presidents who are moral, 
Well, guess what? You could be an atheist and take that position. That's not a fundamentally Christian position, yeah. okay? Most people would say, I would think, unless you're you know, a psychopath, yeah, we would prefer to have someone who is more moral than less moral in the Oval Office. My point is that this moral framework, this analysis of Donald Trump, there's nothing particularly Christian about evaluating someone according to some standard of morality. Christians, we would hope, their lives should exemplify moral behavior, compassion and kindness, gentleness, all of that. But morality, however that's defined in a vacuum, is not Christianity. They are not the same thing at all. No, they aren't. And, and I would contend that we've had 45 presidents and we've had 45 flawed human beings at president. And some more flawed than others. Correct. Again, based on Christianity, all equally sinful. Correct. Fated for hell, absent the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, okay? Mm -hmm. So those distinctions don't really matter in terms of your salvation. Gray is not the answer. But in terms of human morality, yeah. sure. They're Even on human a, morality. They're on a spectrum. We've had a spectrum. 45 flawed individuals. I would say, and there may be an exception to this rule, but it proves the rule. Politicians, by definition, are narcissists. They want attention. They want power. That's why they run for office. If you tell me somebody running for president is humble, they're not really running for president. They're just they're trying to get something else. But they're not. nobody humble runs for president. Nobody. No. Ever. You don't run for leadership at a high level and say it's because I just want to do a good job. No, that's what you tell people. That's not what you actually are wanting to do. Now, you may want to do good things. You may think you're doing good things. But the accumulation of power isn't necessarily a good thing. And the accumulation of power by a small number of people is never a good thing. That's always turns out to be bad historically. So here's the list of the things that Grudem says, or, or uh, Fia says, are the reasons why Trump is immoral. Separated children from their families. We've, yeah, we, about we've that. covered that. He said there were fine people on both sides at Charlottesville. That was misrepresented. It's, but, that's okay. been, it's, it's, and we've gone through that as well. That, that's a complete misrepresentation of actually what was said. Correct. Lied or misrepresented the truth over 15,000 times. Okay, so this okay. is... This we don't is know what the, the definition this, of the Washington no, Post No, and again, is. this is buying into this ridiculous... Look... They're not granted, biased at all. <laughs> granted, Donald Trump lies yep. a lot. Yep. But if you read through this ridiculous list... Exactly. It's, it's it's it has stuff like I am I'm surrounded by all the best people. It's it's a joke. One of the ones he cites is Trump said uh, Governor Northam wanted to kill babies. Well, Sno and, he, and he cites Snopes as his rationale for why that's Unbelievable. a lie. I'm like, Unbelievable. wow. And okay. That that again is an example of his position is that that's a lie. That is an arguable question because if you read what Northam said, you could absolutely conclude that was exactly what he means. Now, reasonable people can disagree about how they interpret that. But again, to then say it's been scientifically proven that's a lie. No, that's just your opinion as a progressive. Yes. Next one. Try to take away health care from millions of Americans. <laughs> What does that even mean? I assume it means Obamacare and trying to get rid of Obamacare. Right, so does that apply to Barack Obama, who said, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor, then six million people? I don't know. Again, why was that not the same indictment? It wasn't. Pulled out of the Paris Climate Agreement. <laughs> that what, that's what makes him a world. Pulled out of the Paris Climate Agreement. The one that was not ratified by the Senate. That's immoral. Okay. Prevented Muslims from entering the country. Again, that was under Obama. This is just enforced or tried to be enforced under Trump. Well, and, and even the way, again, even the way that is framed is not accurate. Agreed. The The executive order, 
this is the way, see, this is disappointing to see someone like Dr. Fia rely on these kind of tropes, okay? I have absolute respect for someone that says, I think it's immoral to have an executive order that limits immigration for a temporary period of time from a certain number of nations that are Muslim majority, okay? But here's the thing. It didn't identify only Muslims. Correct. It was any person... Any person, any ethnicity from those countries. Now, if you're going to say, well, Tony, that, of course, because most of them are Muslims. Okay, fair enough. But again, the list of countries was identified by the prior administration. I don't think there's actually anything immoral whatsoever about saying, for a temporary period of time, we're going to limit the number of people that come from these countries because they've been identified, given what's going on, as terror hotbeds, and we're just going to cease. It's certainly within his constitutional authority. On its face, I don't see anything immoral about that, and the way that it's framed in there is not even accurate. Correct. Left Syrian Christians for dead. We pulled out of Syria, therefore we left the Syrian Christians for dead. I see. So now, so again, this is yet if another... If we stay, it's, Ill it's bad. If you leave, it's right. bad. Right. Heads, heads you lose, tails you lose. Um, this is, again, a foreign policy decision. And what I want to know is, I keep harping on this, it's not about who did something else. It's about where were you when the Obama administration, and particularly Hillary Clinton, was calling Assad a reformer, the guy who was barrel bombing hundreds of thousands of people. I don't remember any posts, any moral outrage about that, but then somehow we're to believe that a decision to remove you... By the way, what, what about saving the lives of U.S. troops? It I only matters that's a in good Iraq. Thing. <laughs> That's another question. There's multiple different moral considerations in any foreign policy decision to, to limit it to this simplistic, you left Christians to die. That's disingenuous mm -hmm. and false. Hired nativist and racist Stephen Miller. Okay. I, I don't know that it's been proven he's racist. I, don't, I mean, I don't, what's the basis for that? Because he I, doesn't like him. Okay, I now, mean... Na now, I want to define nativism for the listeners at home. The policy of protecting the interests of native-born or established inhabitants against those of immigrants. Quote, a deep vein of xenophobia and nativism, that's how it's using the sentence, a return to her emphasis on traditional or local customs in opposition to outside influences. So nativism, by Dr. Fia, is a bad thing because you're not welcoming to immigrants. I would contend well, that the Muslim immigrants in London, they should have been more nativist because they're taking over London, and that's not a good thing. So is it okay to allow everybody to come in just because you want them to come in, we've talked about this over and over again. Look, what what that is supposed to mean, okay, in terms of using it as yeah. a criticism is no Irish, you no don't, Catholics. you don't, you're essentially an alt right mm -hmm. white supremacist. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's supposedly what that means. Yep. Now, if that's true, I I have no idea whether that's true. I mean, I know who Stephen Miller is. I would again like to know what's the evidence. There's what is the evidence for that isn't. claim? There isn't. Washington Post published stuff, stuff that says you know racist. Snopes. An editorial in the New York Times? Again, if you're going he cites to... No, he cites no evidence. Right, but again, if again. you're going to make these kind of claims, just throw it out there, you're, an, you're a nativist. Okay, ba based on what? Based on what statements? And then we can debate whether or not those statements rise to the level of calling somebody that. So he's also, Trump is immoral because he refused to release his tax returns. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, you know, Finn. What, that, why is that immoral? Uh, apparently because... Why is that a moral issue? I don't know. I mean, I know that the left th has been howling about the fact that Trump won't release his tax returns. Why is that immoral? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, this I is like no an idea. exercise in question begging. Yeah, it is. 
He eliminated an ethics court for incoming White House staff. Whoa. I, that's the first we're now, I've heard we're of that. We're now really on that. inside baseball. He stood by as children bullied their classmates in his name. <laughs> what, that what, was from Morning Joe. What is Mika. that? What does Mika that from even, Joe. he stood by? He didn't call them out and say, don't use my name to... to I'm like, seriously? If he talks, you're, he's bad. If he doesn't talk, he's bad. Right. Now, seriously? remember, too, I, I need to point this out, because this is the same individual who, who said that the kids... From uh, what school were they from? That were visiting D.C. Right, remember. the MAGA hat oh, yeah. kids, Kentucky. Right, that they Covington. needed to be taken behind. These are Christian kids who were confronted by a bunch of far left activists and were essentially demonized across the country in the space of about thirty seconds <laughs> as this guy pounded a drum in this poor kid's face, and there were the these black nationalists who were screaming epithets at them for an hour. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Fia took the immediate position that these Christian kids were in the wrong, should be woodshedded for their behavior. And then when the evidence actually started to seep out, oh boy, this may actually not, they didn't actually confront anyone themselves they didn't block anyone they were the ones that were being attacked and they did nothing except stand there and smirk they smirked refused refused to recant and say you know what i was horribly wrong Mm -hmm. in what i said about those kids and i apologize Mm -hmm. he doubled down and said i stand by everything i said about them facts be damned yeah i I mean i don't understand what to make of that oh you can't he can't trump also backed roy moore Okay. I can't defend that, but again, I, I, he defended com- Confederate monuments and tried to, here's the last one, tried to end the DACA program, the illegal program right. put in by Obama. Well, how ironic. That makes him immoral how because I- he tried to right. end a program so, that wasn't legal. So this, in a, this in, a, in a justification for impeachment, which is based on abuse of power, cites the fact that Donald Trump tried to end Barack Obama's abuse of power in support of that rationale. That makes a lot of sense so to me. So following the law is an abuse of power, but not following the law for the good reasons is, is, is a good thing. Now, That's okay. Here's, here's another thing, and we're not going to do it right now, but I can... I could take five minutes based on that list and give you 50 different equivalent things based Mm -hmm. on policy decisions that Barack Obama made, that Hillary Clinton supports, that Bernie Sanders supports, and I could cast every single one of them in moral terms and say, that is immoral. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like shooting, you know, it's shooting pigeons. So if you're going to elevate every single policy decision and frame it in a way, for instance, pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords. Well, I would say staying in is immoral. How could you say that, Tony? Well, wait a minute. What, what are those accords actually accomplishing for people in the third world, right? We've talked about this before. You have all of these preening Green New Deal aristocrats jet-setting around the globe to their various confabs and then telling people who are not in the first... You know what? You're going to have to subsist without your cheap Mm -hmm. electricity that's based on coal. Because you know what? We've decided, now that we're wealthy and don't need it, we'd prefer that you coexist or exist on windmills and butterfly dust and solar panels. So my view of that is, oh, and by the way, we're going to need to redistribute much of the income. We're going to tell you who's going to have to give money to who. We've allocated to ourselves that decision-making power. I would argue that all the people that support that type of statist program, they're immoral. So I guess I should add that to my list when I cite immorality on behalf of any of the Democratic candidates. Is that how this works? Yes. Okay, good. Just an aside, Bill Gates came out 
today and said his $109 billion net worth shows the economy is not fair and he thinks they should pay more in taxes. To which I reply, <laughs> Bill, progressives really don't want to pay more in taxes. If so, they would give their money to the government. They want to talk about it so they can seem woke, but they don't actually. He has $109 billion. Right now, he can write, write a, a check, check right to the U.S. Treasury. Yeah, exactly. Right now. Pick your pick either, your billions. Either you do it or shut up about it. Because yeah. all you want to do is take money from you and me. You keep more of your money. You don't really want to give it up because if you did, you would. So don't tell right. me about it. I mean, I'm that, that is it. one of that is one of the most farcical things it's, you hear these people ridiculous. like Gates and Buffett. Again, buddy, who's preventing you from writing that? Not check? a single person. It's, it must be Donald Trump. It must. Be it must Donald have Trump. something to do with Donald Trump. You could Trump. do it right now. So we, we talked at it at length here. You guys can make your own decision. I think Christianity Day. It's an editorial. They can write whatever they Absolutely. want. Absolutely. I don't know that I Franklin Graham disagreed with it because his father founded the papers or the magazine. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I want to say one final thing about this, though. My position has always been that there, I would never say to another Christian or anybody else, but since we're talking about evangelicals, who said to me, Tony, I have prayerfully considered the character of Donald Trump. I could never vote for that man for a litany of reasons. I would say, absolutely, <coughs> if, that's, if that is your conviction... Yep. It is entirely consistent with your faith. More power to you. I, I would not attempt to dissuade them at all. Okay? I would only attempt to say, don't vote for Trump. That's fine. You have, but you you got to show me who on the other side you are choosing to vote for. If you're choosing to vote, right? If you're not choosing to vote for any president's candidate, that's fine. Well, they don't even have all to show. They don't have to show bankrupt. me. But your point is, have you thought through right. under this same framework? The people that you are deciding to vote for. I, I think they're all highly flawed. I don't care who it is. I don't care what election we're talking about. I think they're all highly flawed. And I'm choosing the one I think that, I'm going to be nativist here, that's going to benefit me. Who's going to benefit me? Like, am I going to keep my job if you get in power, or am I going to lose my job if you get well, in power? Well, okay, it's, but it's not okay. even so much benefiting you. Obviously, there's well, self-interest involved, but it's also who's going to benefit the country. Well, that benefits and me. <laughs> you know what else struck me when you were reading that the so-called indictments? And yeah. I've, I've said this repeatedly to people that tell me, you know, again, Donald Trump, because Dr. Fia and many others say, Donald Trump is unlike anyone else, right? He is, mm -hmm. He's in his own extra wicked category. And what I always say is, what, what, are, what is the specific list of things that <laughs> you've identified that make him this? And when you start to actually read how tenuous, what the things that they're listing there. In other words, the best, usually the first thing you hear are the two things that he listed, which is separating children from parents. Okay, not a good thing. We talked about the reality of that. And then the, the completely uh, taken out of context, flatly lied about, quote, from Char but in other words, if you actually go down the line with his policies, now there's many people who are progressives. They, of course, are not going to like his policies. Oh. That's no different than any other president that they disagree with. But the point either. is, what this is the this is the sum total of your case that this guy is a tyrant and a strong man, and chill winds are blowing, and we've got Nazi compare like. But where, what are you talking about? Like, what specifically, and if it's just crude tweeting and he treats women badly, okay, fair enough. But remember, 
Your argument is he's entirely different. Really? Because JFK, where did he rank on some of those qualities, right? We could go down the line. What We pointed this out when the historian, uh, the leftist, who showed up, the political activist, basically, not historian, the law professor who said at the uh, impeachment circus that literally the U- Ukraine phone call was the worst thing that any American president has ever done. Now, we, we pointed out, for instance, mm. um, Woodrow Wilson resegregated the civil service. Uh, FDR, 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 who's held in quite high esteem, um, interned he the Japanese. interned, what, 100,000 Japanese? Yeah. And we could go down yeah. the list. So my point is twofold. Number one, I do not buy the argument that Donald Trump is all that much different from many, many, many presidents who have gone before. I just, I just don't. I don't think the evidence is there. What it really is is a reaction to his entire persona. Mm-hmm. They hate his style. They hate his language. They hate how he looks, right? Everything about him drives them crazy. But that's not a substantive argument. So that's fine. If his personal character is a sufficient disqualifier, I have no qualms about that. But here's the second thing. The, corollar- the additional argument that they make either explicitly or by insinuation is, and if you are one of the Christians that has decided differently, you are a bad witness for your faith. <laughs> yes. You're essentially a bad Christian. Mm-hmm. That's what I have a huge problem with, okay? Mm-hmm. Because if we want to talk about healing wounds and not being divisive, I can't really think of something that's more divisive than... And again, these are the people that claim they're not divisive, mm-hmm. right? They want compassion and tolerance Except and kindness. You. But if you're going to, so your position is that the people that you go to church with, the people that are members of the Brotherhood of Christ within these communities, if you don't agree with my political preference as it relates to Donald Trump, you're a bad Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what you're telling me. Well, that doesn't, maybe they need to rethink their whole. Uh, commitment to being non-divisive. And not only that, if you can make that argument, why can't I say to Dr. Fia and every other person out there who wanted to vote for Hillary Clinton, well, you're a worse Christian. Good grief. Look at the things that this woman has done. Look at her corruption. Look at the policies that she supports. And because you made that political choice, I look down on you now and say that you... This is literally an accusation. You are harming the spread of the gospel. <laughs> now, where does that argument end? It doesn't. Because you could make that argument about any politician and any Christian who makes any political decision. Why can't I simply make that argument about any Christian who votes for any candidate who supports unrestricted abortion on demand? That alone, I should be able to say, disqualifies your Christian witness, well, right? I've heard that said about people who vote for Democrats. The Democratic National Committee is for favor of abortion, women's choice, at all, at all cases, has been for decades. So if you're voting for a national candidate for the Democratic Party, are you not supporting abortion? I, I would contend that you are. Now, the difference what you said is, where do you go back and forth? I, I feel like there are two types of people in this world. They're the people who claim to be open-minded, open to all possibilities, Accept yours. <laughs> and then there's people who say, I am open to your, I, I, I think I'm right, and I accept that you disagree with me. So, yeah. You, and I think we're on the side of 
I accept that Dr. Fia and the, the two of us disagree with Dr. Fia politically. He thinks we're bad witnesses. I think he's just misunderstood. I think he doesn't understand what he's what he's saying yeah. completely. Well, but I he thinks I'm evil. I no, I don't think he thinks you're well, evil. He thinks I'm supporting evil. Yeah. So by 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 extension, I'm associating with evil. I, That's being bombastic, obviously. Again, I think most of the people that make these sorts of arguments, including the editor of Christianity Today, I think these are genuine things. This is not some cynical. No. This is their view. Yeah. This is their heartfelt And I think belief. you're entitled to that view. Absolutely. I don't have to agree with you. And you don't get to tell me that I'm wrong simply because you disagree with me. I get to say, this is what I believe. This is what you believe. We're not going to change each other's mind. I'm going to have to work it out myself. And my, I may come to a different decision come Election Day 2020. You know what? Uh, I one, doubt it, but you, I might. You know one other thing that I thought was interesting about that article? Read the, um, read the title. It basically says Trump should be removed. Trump should be removed from office. Okay, now what's in? why do I think that's interesting? Because the way that is framed, as I would read that, I think most people reading that would assume what that means is he should be impeached and then removed. Now, what they mean there is, and they say specifically is, we think, they actually say um, he was properly impeached. I think they say that the Senate should remove him, or maybe they don't even take well, a position on that. they say he should either be removed through the impeachment process, through or, the Senate, or by but, the election. But my point is, is that most people don't talk about elections that no. way. What they, what they would ordinarily say is, we do not think that any Christian should be voting for Donald Trump. In other words, the way that's framed, it, it implies immediate removal, mm-hmm. not within the normal well, political process. That was process. SEO. That was trying to get hits on their Absolutely. website. And they knew what they were doing when they said it. But, I, I but would, they no. knew what they were doing because they knew that it would be cited as sure. if it means we want him gone now. Yeah. But that's actually not what they said. No. What they said is, and we hope during the next, because remember, the entire purpose of this Russia farce and now this Ukraine farce is, in fact, to remove him mm-hmm. before we have another election. And Dr. Fee has talked a lot about this, which I think is another straw man, which says, you know, impeachment the argument that this is now removing a duly elected president is baloney because impeachment is in place for that very reason. But that's not the point. The point is, is that I would have much more, um, what should I say? Uh, that argument would have much more credibility if the first millisecond of Donald Trump's tenure, <laughs> when he wasn't even a seated president yet, you weren't already attempting to remove they him. They cite that, but I think it's disingenuous. I don't think they really... They said, well, we know he's been hounded since the beginning, but that does, nothing's changed. My no. contention still is 2015, 16, 17, No, but the 18, point 19, is the they guy. have been. In other words, this hasn't been a fair-minded or good-faith no. process. No. They have been unwilling to accept the results of an election. They have been desperately attempting to find any rationale, emoluments, 25th <laughs> Amendment, <laughs> right? We're going to eliminate the Electoral College. <laughs> We're going to pack the court. Everything that they have done has been designed to subvert the people that supposedly care about the democratic process. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. Everything that you've been attempting to do, all of your proposed policies to fight Donald Trump will have the effect of destroying the constitutional system that is currently in place. So I don't want to hear... Oh no, no, this impeachment is legitimate and it's no it's not because you've already telegraphed it from the beginning. You didn't care. It's 
we already know what the result is. We just need to find the rationale. They were hoping that Mueller would spend two years and be their savior and frog march Donald Trump out. And when that failed, they had to immediately come up with something else. And so this was the next pretext that they're going to. But you know what? Since you've been saying this for three years for 50 different reasons. Oh, and by the way, the very reasons that you now cite were not the ones you were talking about for two months, right? Started out bribery, quid pro quo. No, no. We realize that doesn't exist, so now it's this abuse of power. Oh, and my favorite, because you have invoked your right to go to the third branch of government before you comply with... Does that sound familiar, Chad? (laughs) Refusing to comply with subpoenas, invoking executive privilege, right? Can you think of any other administrations who engage in this behavior? Can't imagine. And Um, Oh, yeah, it's just the previous one. Was the clamor, was the clamor that that is an impeachable offense for obstruction... That's ridiculous. Availing yourself of one of the branches of government to adjudicate a legal dispute is now an impeachable offense under that rationale? Apparently. Does any serious person, well, apparently so. Apparently there's a lot of serious people who I think are not quite as serious as they believe themselves to be, think that that's somehow a legitimate position. It's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous on its face. It is ridiculous, and I think the fact that impeachment seems to be accelerating. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, the first impeachment occurred in 1864, almost 65. That was 85 or 75 years before the first president was impeached. Are we to sit here and say that nobody else did anything politically? Like, Madison could have been impeached for getting us into war with England because he didn't really handle it well. Jefferson could have been impeached because he bought the Louisiana Purchase illegally. It wasn't part of the Constitution. He couldn't do that. But he did it anyway. Jackson could have been impeached for having shot and killed a number of people before he took the presidency. All these things could have happened, but they didn't. Then we get another 110 years or so, and then we get Nixon, who people said he was impeached. The Judicial Committee voted articles of impeachment. It was never voted on by the House. Now, the Constitution doesn't require the House, but it's been consistently, at least from Johnson in 1864, or I'm sorry, 1868, that the whole House has to vote. So technically, in my mind, he wasn't impeached because it never went to the full house because he resigned before that happened. Clinton was impeached. Now Donald Trump, I guess, is impeached, even though Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to send the other move impeachment. That's my my other favorite We're waiting for some more to come around, but we just hold these for reasons I don't understand. Whatever. But the whole point is it's accelerating. We've had three. We've had three in the lifetime of the people that are doing this. And And why is it accelerating? Because they look at it as another option it's just, to get rid of the person we exactly. don't want. Exactly. It's just another... On both sides. On both sides. Not just the Democrats versus Republicans. Because Republicans wanted to get rid of Clinton, and they thought they had an option to do that. Right. And the Senate didn't agree. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a very bad road that we're going down. It is. Because this is going to be normalized. And this is what happens. And that's not good. Um, this was never intended to be something that was used to settle political fights. Correct. That's what. That's all this is. That's all and, it's ever been. And you mentioned, I mean, it is hilarious. So we are hearing constantly, this is desperately urgent. We can't allow the orange tyrant to be in office. And so they, they've passed these, and then Nancy Pelosi has decided, well, you know what? And here's, I want the Senate trial. By the way, Nancy, you're not... Um, <laughs> You're not in charge of the Senate. Oh, See, so, so you did your thing. Yeah. No, no. I want certain protocols to be followed by, and of course, Mitch McConnell's just laughing, saying, yeah, um, why would you think you have leverage? Like, we don't want your stupid articles of impeachment. So <laughs> exactly. you can sit on them. But I mean, doesn't that, isn't that a perfect encapsulation of how ridiculous this is? Sure. 
Well, they, they said they're going to they're going to do more investigations and may have more articles of impeachment. Right. Good. Now, either you're going to have multiple trials, or you're going to hold them all for one I trial. Hope, it's all going to be. I actually hope they add to the articles of impeachment killing Soleimani. Soleimani. Well, right? that, that was the other yeah. thing. Do you feel like this is a? <laughs> so I read something yesterday that made me laugh. It was the Selective Service website went down because people were checking to see if there was going to be a draft. Not knowing the draft was canceled in 1973 and the Constitution or the Congress would have to institute another draft for there to be a draft. Well, no. Forget that. Donald Trump would do it on his own. Sure. He, he would just send sure. out the, the Trump mobiles. We've been told this is tacit articles of war. And <laughs> Pelosi said, You didn't consult with me. Huh. Well, last time I checked, you're the Speaker of the House, not in the executive branch. Don't give a crap. Here's your information after the fact. Because well, you leak. You know what my immediate reaction when I heard that was, huh, I, do I, I don't remember Nancy saying that when Barack Obama took out Osama bin Laden. No. no. Huh. But I've seen, I've seen, now I'm watching CNN, MSNBC, and they're going, we're at war. And, oh. and everybody's going, you're going to get drafted? We're going to war with Iran. They're, they're all, they're all <sighs> lunatics. I mean, but here's the thing. In terms of the legality of this, this is, again, why, why no one should pay any attention to anything the media says about this. Because they don't know what they're talking about, usually. There was already congressional authorization for those troops. Remember, yes, this guy was in killed in Iraq. <laughs> exactly. Okay? He is a documented terrorist. Yes. He has killed hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of American soldiers and citizens since for the last probably 25 years, he was in Iraq for the express purpose of fomenting additional war against United States soldiers. He was the architect behind the Benghazi embassy, which of course killed our ambassador. Mm -hmm. And these idiots are, they're not idiots. They know exactly what they're doing, which is they're now saying, oh, well, Useful th this, is, this, is not, this is not permissible. What are you talking about? He's a terrorist. You can kill him. That that we've, many, we've legally made that okay. How many people did Barack Obama? And by the way, more power to him. Droned mm -hmm. into vapor, but they right? weren't high-ranking Iranian well, officials. Why does that even matter? Well, some for some people it matters. The fact that did you see the tweet from Rose McGowan? Uh, no, she, she's a, 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 a C-level a C-level actress who who she, apologized to Iran yeah. and said, "Please don't kill us." Right. To which she got a lot of grief because she was inappropriately fawning to the Iranian right, mullahs. Right, It brings back Hanoi Jane, fond oh, memories of geez. Hanoi Jane. So the, the argument, we're not going to spend time on this, there is, there's literally no basis whatsoever. He, of course Donald Trump can do this. It was the right thing to do in a sane world, but we, we can't have a sane world because no. anything that Donald Trump does must be opposed. It, it doesn't matter. Well, we forget that he was fomenting people to go attack the American embassy in Iraq the day right. before. And remember, remember. Where's that going to end? The moral, the moral president, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. sent pallets of cash yes. in the dead of night, yes. $1.7 billion. In euros, not in, in euros. In euros, and why? Because That's, American dollars weren't work. No, no, because <laughs> they could avoid all of the regulatory <laughs> sanctions that would apply oh, to awesome. American... Oh, sent awesome. this to the mullahs, mm -hmm. okay, the leading sponsors of global terrorism, allowing the guy that was just killed to continue to murder American soldiers and innocent Muslims and fund Hezbollah and Hamas and all of the stuff that's going on. And somehow in our upside down Alice in Wonderland world, 
that was the moral thing to do. The immoral thing to do was to kill the guy who's been murdering innocents and American soldiers for the last two decades. Can you explain that to me? Well, apparently, if you're a mass murderer, but you're protected by a state government, it's bad to kill you. But if you're a mass murderer, in a, well, if you pull out a gun in a church in Texas, they shoot you, which they should. Right. Uh, my question has always been, that was, we were told, we pulled out of the Iranian compromise, whatever you want to call it. We pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord. Neither of those were valid treaties according <laughs> to the Constitution. That's a Here's good a point. Civic, here's a little civics lesson for those of you who don't understand civics. The Constitution specifically requires the Senate to ratify any foreign treaties. If they are not ratified by the Senate, they are not a valid treaty. I don't care what Barack Obama wanted to come home with, whatever piece of paper he wanted to show, he never submitted either one to the Senate. And why do you think that is? Because they would not have gotten approved. That's correct. Therefore, they are not valid treaties. You can't pull out of something that you were never in. It's not a valid treaty if it wasn't ratified by the Senate. That's the Constitution. You don't like it, change the Constitution. But that's the legal way to get something ratified. We couldn't pull out of the Iranian deal because we weren't in the Iranian deal. We weren't in the Paris Climate Accord, but we can't pull out of it because we were never in it. That's how this works. The the trans... Pacific Pact, that was never ratified by the Senate either. Therefore, can't pull out. See, that's what people fail, all, fail to remember. It's all tissue paper. Because the president, the light worker, as you say, came about and said, here, these are the things I brought down from on high. Now we must follow these, even though they're not legally binding to us. But we just we, follow them. But we expect them to be. Well, we can expect them, but again... And it's, and it's, it's fundamentally immoral yes. if you don't abide but by But executive them. orders and unratified treaties are not valid legally here in the United States. Well, that's why... Too bad for you. And that's part of the agitation because the, checks the, and the legacy, the so-called legacy that was created is gone because it was built on nothing. Tissue paper and lies. Exactly. You can cry over that tissue paper. It's going to melt. It's, it's just as valid as if it was not signed by anybody. That's what people don't understand. You can negotiate all you want with these world powers, but it's not a valid treaty. You know, and when the next and see they, they and the next they never appreciate can change this. That. They never appreciate this because they always assume that we're going to be the ones in power. When you build things on tissue paper and lies and actually don't have constitutional backing like a ratified treaty, mm-hmm. the next guy, no matter how wicked, gets to tear it up. Yeah, it doesn't mean bummer. anything. That's a bummer. But see, they don't accept that. No, because you're not they allowed like the to do that. Like and that's one of the reasons that there has been this unhinged animus. Okay, this hysteria. That's what it is. Yeah. It's this mass psychosis. Again, I'm fine if you think Donald Trump is a jerk and immoral, but no, no, it's beyond that, right? Mm-hmm. You got people, millions are going to die. The, the earth is ending. If you pull out of the Paris Climate Accords, everyone, all of civilization is going to end. Just and that may be it. true, but it's not a valid comment. It's not even true. It's ridiculous. These people have some sort of mental illness. Their obsession with this guy. Beat him in the next election. Yeah. You don't like him. Put him. a candidate up mm-hmm. that's going to appeal to the American people who is moral, yeah. who is going to pursue moral policies. Uh, problem, you haven't managed to do that. Well, you haven't even put your leading candidate, and I don't like to say this, my wife says I say it too often, is a moron. Well, who, who are you? Who are you? I'm speaking who of you're saying is the leading Uncle candidate. Joe. He was. Is he really the leading candidate anymore? I mean, it's hard to tell. Well, I, Warren's been going down a little bit, so I don't know. He said. In Kentucky, that coal miners need to learn how to program computers to have jobs in the future. 
If you can go down 300 or 3,000 feet, then you can program a computer because it can't be much harder, says the guy who probably can't even use his own phone. That's his solution. Coal miners learning to program. Well, well, that's okay. going to work, I'm it, sure. You're, but here's the thing. It, it's not moronic. For, it is moronic for that reason. But the real reason it's moronic is because that is going to be played on an eternal feedback yes. loop for every Donald Trump presidential ad when Joe Biden is is on record. He's specifically asked. Mm -hmm. So you're okay with eliminating fracking. By the way, we pointed this out as well. The one thing, the one thing, if you had to list one policy that a stooge of Putin would not be doing exactly. would be allowing the fracking boom, mm -hmm. which is possibly the single worst economic development for Russia in the last 20 years. So the people that claim that they're not Manchurian candidates who hate the evil Russians... They want to do the one thing that Vlad Putin has at the top of his agenda. If he could wave a yes. scepter and Take make it away. end, it would be, please <laughs> stop the United States from doing all of that fracking, making them energy independent, and not allowing us to have control of most of the world's oil. Seems simple to me. So Joe understand. Biden decides not only that this is a good policy, because, of course, he's in thrall to the, you know, the green cult, mm -hmm. but also then says this on the record, oh, yeah. I don't really care if it's going to cost hundreds of thousands of people their jobs. By the way, in all the swing states that matter, yeah. that's where these people live. Even if you believed that, I don't think it would be a good idea to say that on the record. See, that used to be their old strategy, which just lie. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. We're not going to ban fracking. And then no. you ban fracking. Yeah. Or you try to. Yeah. I, I don't know. Someone needs to tell him that whatever Twitter feed you're listening to is not representative of the constituencies that you need to win over in order to win back those Rust Belt voters. Yeah. And what you've now just done is aligned yourself with the Wacko Brigade, and good luck with that in a general election, walking that back. Well, Southern Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia, and Western Pennsylvania saying, I want to ban coal mining. Well, why don't you just... Just say, I'm stopping my presidential campaign right now because I'm not going to win those well, four they, states. Well, wait. They've been saying they want to ban coal mining for years. The yeah, new thing is say, now we're, going, a, we're not going to allow you to frack either. That's but, different. But you could say, now you can go be a computer programmer because that's the same scale. Somebody who goes down the earth and digs coal can just say, oh, I'm just going to go sure. program computers because I like orange soda and I'm good at late night binges. Well, this, is, this is what passes for an actual candidate in the Democratic Party. You can say anything you want about Trump and and most of it's probably true, but really, this is what le a leading candidate or Elizabeth Warren who wants to we've, unconstitutionally just tax everybody who has money. We 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 keep saying this, okay? Unbelievable. The, the advice, which I'm glad they're not taking, is all you have to do is not be crazy. It's all you have to do. They can't run, be run somebody who again is willing to stand up and say, "I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm pro-choice. Uh, I believe in uh, you know the Green New Deal," but. Okay, we're not going to retrofit every building in America. No. We're not going to end fracking. I don't even have the authority to do that <laughs> since we're stop. supposedly concerned with overreach by the president. We're not going to pay for health care for every illegal immigrant in the country. We're going to enforce our borders. Guess what? That used to be that Normal. used to be a mainstream Democratic platform. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're not going to. We actually are going to push back and not allow people to have abortions. Uh, you know, in the ninth month for no reason other than that they've decided. Ninth month. How about three days right. later? Like, if anyone had the courage on that side of mm -hmm. the aisle to stand up and say those things, I think they would win the election in a landslide. But instead, they've decided full bore with the crazy. 
Well, and Joe Biden is too scared, including walking back his so-called faith convictions, right, (laughs) about abortion, because the minute that he heard that the base, uh, we don't like that, you know. Um, So they are lining themselves up perfectly for Donald Trump. And I will say this before we end. I would be fine if you you gave me a Republican candidate who had 90% of the same policies as Donald Trump and he wasn't Donald Trump, which means he's probably more moral. I would prefer it. Great. Perfect. Let's have it. <laughs> give it give it to me. I'm I'm asking for it. I don't have any say over who the Republicans nominate no. for the president. Well, and there's I'm not assu- going to be any viable challenger. So basically it's going to be Trump. So the other option is one of the other crazies we talked about. Or not vote at all and just see where it hands. One of them, and they're not only destructive, but immoral policies. And so when I'm going to go down and make that evaluation, I'm going to still have a man that is fundamentally lacking in character and is boorish and crude in Donald Trump. And I'm going to have another morally flawed candidate who's also pursuing policies, which in my view are much more important, mm-hmm. Okay, because these are the things that are actually going to be imposed on other people that are going to be what is governing our entire nation, right? How they pursue these things. And when I'm going to do that analysis right now, based on who's on offer, it's an easy decision for me. I'm picking the immoral, non-Christian, misogynistic guy. And you may say, Tony, how could you do that? Because this is not, I don't get to pick an imaginary candidate to replace him. Give me somebody, because right now, the people that are running for the Democrats, I'm not convinced, first of all, their policies are worse, and I'm not convinced they're more moral. So, sorry, and you're, you're free to disagree, but you know what? You'll never hear from me that makes you a poor Christian. Yeah. We are hearing that from other quarters. We are. We are. And that's that's the sad part. So you get to make your own decision. That's the great thing in this country still. You get to make your own decision. You get to have your own decision-making process. And whatever that is, you get to decide. And in November, you get to decide who you're going to vote for for president. I knew who I'm voting for now. It sounds like Tony knows who he's voting for now unless something changes or something comes up that changes that. That's what we're going to vote for, and we're going to see what happens, see what the rest of the country decides. And as always, we welcome any spirited pushback on on this issue, and in particular, how could you possibly justify voting for Donald Trump? I think, I mean, I think we've kind of explained this repeatedly, but I I, I like a good back and forth. I'd love to hear from somebody on the other side who has a candidate of choice of the myriad. uh, Julian Castro is now out, so you can't choose him. But who you want to have on the Democratic side and why? What what reasoned policies do they have? Moral character. If we're going to talk about moral character on the Republican side, you got to talk about the Democratic side. So if that's the case, give us a rundown of why you think that candidate, whoever it is, is a better choice, and we'll listen. I probably yeah. disagree with you, but I'll listen. You Seven. know, I, I I saw a funny um, Babylon B again. Okay. When Castro dropped out, it was something along the lines of, <laughs> "Did you see this? Yeah. Like they found out his first name wasn't Fidel, and then he lost all support. <laughs> yes, he's from Florida, <laughs> and his first name was not Fidel." Uh, 717-739-5432, 717-739-5432. If you've got that perfect Democratic candidate or Republican candidate who might actually have a legitimate shot of winning the nomination and the, the election, tell us who it is and why. And, and tell us why we should possibly consider that person. And I'll listen. I, I'm open-minded enough to say I'll listen. I'm not saying I'm going to agree, but I will listen to what you have to say. If it's a reasoned argument, I think Tony will as well. Yep. So we'll leave it at that. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night.
Reproduction.